Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. In the popular imagination, we have this idea of heaven as this faraway place in the clouds where St. Peter meets you at a golden gate and everybody's dressed in a white robe and we're all sitting around on clouds strumming harps for eternity while the angels look on. And I think that I speak for a lot of people when they say, frankly, that vision of heaven seems kind of boring. What does the Bible say that eternity will be like for believers? And I know John mentions in Revelation 21, this concept of a new heaven and a new earth. What's that all about? Can you tell us? To define heaven very briefly, I would say heaven is where God is. Heaven is the direct presence of God. Now, what that looks like, uh, we don't know for sure and could be different. But uh, the Bible talks about the third heaven. There is the first sense of heaven, which is the sky. So we look up into heaven. We're just talking about Earth's atmosphere, actually, or the sky. A second definition of heaven could be outer space. So we look at the stars of heaven. Obviously, that's beyond Earth's atmosphere. That's outer space. Uh, And then the third definition of heaven would be transcending this universe. So I don't think of heaven, that, that is where God dwells. And Jesus was a real human being with a glorified body. I believe he, as all humans, he will have a glorified body throughout eternity. Well, that body has to be in some place, physical place. Where is that? Well, we don't know. I don't think it's on some distant planet. I don't think it's in our universe. I think it transcends our universe. But I do believe he will come back in physical form to Earth's atmosphere and land on planet Earth. So his body is somewhere. And so that's where I would say is the third definition of heaven, the presence of God, which since um, the incarnation does include a physical location somewhere. So when we say we'll go to heaven, I think that means where God is, where the manifested God manifested in the physical, glorified, eternal, immortal body of Jesus Christ. That's heaven. Now, when you read the book of Revelation, it seems that this heaven and earth will be destroyed, which means the physical heaven and earth, and be recreated. So somehow a new heaven and a new earth, but the way it's described, there seems to be maybe some resemblance or renovation of the physical universe. And then it talks about the new Jerusalem as a city coming down to rest upon earth or over the earth. So I picture that Jesus Christ and the saints, that's us, in eternity, we will be living in a city, a physical place, where Jesus physically dwells called the New Jerusalem, which will be a city on or over the new earth. So I do believe it's physical. And Jesus did say in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. So it's not just a state of mind. It's not a place where disembodied spirits float around. Um, it's not people in white robes sitting on clouds playing harps. It is going to be a real city, a, a real place um, where people will dwell. 
Now, that's the simplest way to look at it. But again, if I look at the eternal state, compare it to Jesus in his glorified body, when he appeared to disciples, it seems that he could transport himself at will. He could appear and disappear at will. He could walk through a a locked door or a wall at will. So he wasn't confined to physical limitations, although he had a physical identity. He could eat food with them. But surely he was he didn't have to eat food to survive. He didn't have to sleep, but he could engage in whatever he wanted to engage with as a human without being limited by that. So that's uh, how I would see our existence in the future. Uh, so I believe we will have a place to dwell, but we won't be confined to a place. So then now it becomes a matter of speculation because there's more that we don't know than we do know. But if you just look at our physical universe, it has trillions of stars and therefore trillions of planets. It goes far beyond our comprehension, billions of light years. Now, throughout human history, we've only been able to see even in a dark sky, which sadly we don't have much anymore, but throughout history, People have been able to look up in the sky and see a few hundred or a few thousand stars at most. There's no way they could have comprehended the immensity of our universe. Astronomers are even now trying to plumb the depths, and there's more that we don't know than what we do know even now physically. But that leads me to wonder, if God created all this, did he create this just for a few astronomers to be able to write papers about? Or is there some purpose that's far grander than what we can imagine? You know, what makes life meaningful for us today is our relationships, and our, including our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, and our achievements, our accomplishments. We, we were created to, to accomplish, to achieve, to work. Work is not a result of sin. Before sin, God created Adam and Eve, put them in the garden, told them to tend the garden, to keep it. So achievement, accomplishment, Work is part of what it is to be human before there was sin. So I have to think that in eternity, it would sound boring just to sit around. And I know it's going to be glorious to worship God, but even there, does that mean we'll just be in an eternal choir practice? That somehow, although I love being in the presence of God, somehow that doesn't capture my imagination fully because I think worship, it goes far beyond just singing a song. So I think our accomplishment. Um, now, again, I can only speculate, but does God have other plans for other planets and other peoples or other identities? Uh, you know, could we uh, be the equivalent of angelic beings to other future planets? Who knows? But I think it's going to be amazing. I think this incredible physical universe, and of course, God's not limited to this physical universe. I mean, we could have billions of universes and billions of years, and billions of plans, and billions of new races created. Who knows? I don't know. Or or maybe God doesn't have a plan to do anymore, but there will be the angels, there will be us. And so I do think that our future will be unimaginable achievement, accomplishment, discovery, delight, interaction, communion, fellowship with God, with one another, with the people of the ages, with the angels, it's mind-boggling. Maybe a little illustration will help. When there's a description of the New Jerusalem, it says the streets are of gold, transparent as glass. Well, gold would be considered the most precious element in in normal human experience and human history. I mean, you could talk about rare metals, but 
for all practical purposes throughout history, gold would be the most precious uh, prized treasure for a lot of reasons. It's inert, so it's not affected by things. It's beautiful. It's rare and therefore costly and valuable. Uh, it's malleable. It can be uh, worked into all kinds of fantastic ornaments. It's, uh, it can be stretched into extremely thin wire. And so it, it's it's got amazing versatility and ability. So it's been treasured now, gold transparent as glass, well, that's more pure than any earthly gold. So by saying that, you're almost getting into the realm of symbolic of saying the streets of the New Jerusalem are going to be gold, but it's better gold than what you have. Now, think about this. When we talk about the streets, if I tell you, uh, hey, describe, if you've been to New York City recently, describe New York City or tell me what it's like to be in Singapore. You don't usually say, well, the streets are this and this and this. You don't care about the streets. That's the least. That's just a means to get where you're going. If you're living on the streets, that's a low life. If you're sleeping in the streets, that's a low life. Streets are made of common ingredients. So what are you going to find in streets? Dirt, gravel, concrete, asphalt. You're going to find common things, cheap things, lowly things, dirty things, things you don't even consider to be valuable enough to mention. Okay, that's what streets mean to us. So when I say in heaven, the streets are of gold, better gold than you can imagine, pure gold than you than is found in your physical universe. Well, why do I care? That's the least. But then I see the symbolism. Well, the least part of heaven is better than anything you have here. So what's the good part of heaven? I have no idea. I can't even begin to understand. I, I don't have human vocabulary. So to me, the relevance of it in heavens, the streets are gold, is not, wow, I can drive on gold. I think the profound significance is in heaven, the least valuable, least mentionable, things you don't care about exceed the best you can imagine here. So that means the good part of heaven, the presence of God, the fellowship of God's people, the achievement and accomplishments, God's plans are so far beyond comprehension, we just can't describe it. But you definitely want to be there, and you definitely don't want to miss it. So to me, in heaven, the streets are of gold, says heaven so far exceeds our comprehension. It's so magnificent, so amazing that it's something that we should certainly value and, and aspire to and look forward to that whatever happens down here, it'll be worth it to go to heaven. And of course, ultimately being directly in the presence of God with God's people and with the loved ones and with God's fulfilling his plan for the human race from the beginning of creation. That's what will make heaven, heaven. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Apostolic Life in the 21st Century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.